Welcome to Emerging Women's Podcast, where we hear from brilliant women leaders creating big change in the world. I'm Chantal Pirat, your host, and I've got one word for you today. Pussy. Say it with me, or just whisper it if you've got headphones on in public. Pussy. Does it make you smile? Do you feel a little badass? Then you'll love today's conversation with teacher, author, and icon Regina Thomashauser, aka Mama Gina, who's made it her mission to elevate the pussy to the true seat of feminine power that it is. Her new book is called Pussy, a Reclamation, and it is on fire. It thrills me to say that you can now read the word pussy at the top of the New York Times bestseller list. Regina and I talk about why today's culture needs women to engage with the full gale force winds of their sensual and sexual energy. We discuss how and why women got so disconnected from their sensual power and how to reconnect with a few of Regina's favorite practices. As Regina says, we don't have to be victimized by living in a patriarchal culture. We can create solutions with this divine, magnificent body that is woman. So without further ado, let's dive into this week's podcast, Pussy Power, with Mama Gina, Regina Thomas-Hauser. Hi, Regina. Welcome. Chantal, I'm so thrilled to be here with you. And to experience your incredible gaggle of goddesses and all of the women who love you and emerging women and all that, I'm very honored. Oh, my goodness. I am so on fire about talking with you. And we're going to get into, I'm just, we're going to launch into some pussy talk today. That's what I'm excited about. Um, I just want to say the word one more time. Can I just say it one more time? Because we're going to say it a lot, Please. right? I'm just going to say pussy one more time. Okay, good. That felt good. <laughs> Woo! It's good to get it out of your system. You got to get and it reclaim. out. <laughs> right? I mean, your book is called Pussy. Can we tell me yeah. about how, I mean, God, I, excuse the, I don't even know if it's an irony or a pun, but excuse the balls here, but that's a ballsy move. Yeah, I mean, we that word, pussy, is about the most maligned, uh, pejorative. It's uh, the, the, one of the greatest insults that you can hurl at a man or a woman. I mean, you call a man a pussy and you're insulting his manhood. You call a woman a pussy and she knows she's being uh, degraded and... Uh, objectified and uh, probably threatened in some way. So uh, there's, you know, no one in this culture wants to be a pussy, much less have a pussy. Right. But what I decided to do was, um, you know, just like any expletive used effectively, I use the word pussy as a wake-up call uh, because it's time. It's time now for women to awaken to their inherent beauty, power, magnificence, 
to use their voice in a way that we've never been encouraged to use our voices, to stand for our perspective, our dreams, our desires, our longings. And that cannot, will not happen unless a woman is engaged with the full gale force wind of her sensual and sexual energy, not for any other purpose except her own use of her own fire. So I called the book Pussy to Awaken Men and Awaken Women. And, oh, my God, my timing was Holy moly. Really? <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, I, I, I do think uh, Mr. Donald Trump has done us a service in a way. You know, I mean, Jesus, I'm definitely taking that term lightly. This, I don't know how much of a service he's done for women. But this, at the very least, being able to say that word... You know, I feel like he's made it a little bit of mass media. It was an, an actually an amazing experience because we launched the book on September 20th. And the first week we went to the New York Times bestseller list, Jesus. which was phenomenal to get. You know, it was so moving to me to see the word pussy. I mean, they didn't even put the whole book title because the whole title is Pussy, a Reclamation by Regina Thomas-Shower, but that, that's not what they put. They just put pussy. <laughs> they left yeah. off the reclamation. And I liked it even better because it was just so bold. Yeah. And to see that, that most disparaged, maligned, yeah. uh, degraded aspect of the feminine in this high place of honor, because there is no greater honor for an author than to be on the New York Times bestseller list and no greater place for a book called Pussy than the New York Times bestseller list. So I, I felt like, wow, if this is possible, all things are possible, uh, not just for me, but for every woman. And then a few days later, after it landed on the New York Times, Donald Trump made that comment uh, when he was being recorded for that uh, TV show in 2005. And um, I was invited to write. Um, the Washington Post grabbed me first. Yeah, And they wrote an article saying that the only two women in the entire country who are benefiting from Donald, Donald Trump's pussy-grabbing remarks are Hillary Clinton and Regina Thomas-Shower. And then they went on to give my perspective on him and pussy and so forth. And then I was asked by the, the Daily Telegraph in London to do an uh, editorial, which I was so honored to write. And so I, I felt uh, like, wow. Wow, How, you know, it, it's almost like you see the design of what happens when you actually surrender mm -hmm. to that core pussy energy, which connects a woman to her own divinity, uh, was manifesting as the book came out. Mm -hmm. Suddenly it was going bigger and bolder than I could have imagined or dreamed uh, just in the first few days. So it's been amazing, and I feel like with... Um, I feel so inspired about women right now. You know, we are the greatest untapped natural resource on this planet. And it's happening in our lifetimes. Mm -hmm. This is happening. And yes, it is. Just, I am just, I don't even know what to say. I'm just like thrilled for the well, planet. Right. But, you know, what I love about your work is that when we think about women rising and women, you know, becoming 
reclaiming their power. I'm not sure how I feel about that empowerment because I feel like we have so much power. It's just about recognition and, and implementation. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a lot of it is seen as separate from two things. One, spirituality, and two, sexuality. And it's mm-hmm. more like, you know, we can, you know, get that CEO suite and we can reclaiming power around money and finances and political power. And that I'm totally down with. I mean, I am on fire with all those lines. Mm-hmm. But personally, without this kind of work, without the pussy mm-hmm. work, we are not going to claim our true power. No, there is no way. There's no way. I mean, you, you can actually see it. Uh, yes. With, uh, you know, there was, I was watching TV when um, Diane von Furstenberg's wonderful book, The Woman oh I God. Wanted to Be, yes. came out. She's being interviewed by Gail King. So these are two of the most powerful, successful, incredible, you know, iconic women of our age whose voices are out there. And Gail turns to Diane and she says, you know, you must feel amazing. Uh, You know, just it must be amazing to wake up and be you every day. And Diane said, actually, I wake up every day and I feel like a loser. Mm. And then she turned to Gail and she said, don't you? And Gail said, no, I wake up every day and I feel fat. And I thought, oh my gosh, that's what happens when there's success with no sensual currency, when those two parts haven't connected. There can be no deep core sense of divine confidence inside the body woman if she is not connected to her sensual fire. And my shorthand for that is pussy. You know, it's, it's, pussy is, um, it's a way of tapping into your intuition. It's a way of walking. It's a way of valuing yourself. It's a way of reclaiming your womanhood so that you're not objectified, but rather you are grounded in the fact that you create life in this body, wherever you are, life happens because of being a woman and having 8,000 nerve endings dedicated to pleasure and being the, you know, co-creating with the divine. This is where all life is made. So when a woman is disconnected from that, no matter what degree she gets from Harvard or what, uh, how, how many billions of dollars her business generates, she's not going to have, have that engagement with her divine magnificence and feel that sense of delicious rightness that only connection with your pussy can give you. Yeah. What happened where women became separated from this divine, sexual, sensual, sacred, sensual fire that you're talking about? How did that happen? (laughs) Well, Let's think about it. You know, in 20 years of teaching classes, I have a school in New York where a school of womanly arts, and I teach, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of women. And I always ask the first day, I, I, you know, everyone gathers, and I, I say, well, what were your bits and pieces called? What were your genitals called? And uh, I get a huge array of answers. Uh, cookie, knish, pooter, front bottom, down there, fine china, Walter Winchell, like, Crazy, crazy names. And why is because parents don't name the genitals of baby girls, and boys are raised differently. They know they have head, shoulders, knees, toes, and a penis. 
Uh, I always ask because I do a men's day in the middle of mastery for all the husbands and their fathers and the sons and brothers and whatever. Of That's the, uh, lovely. Women. That is lovely. And I, and I say, guys, you know, what's your bits and pieces get called? And they're like, penis, Regina, what's your problem? Because they don't understand, you know. Mm-hmm. They don't understand that women were not given the word or that which is most essentially feminine about us. Mm-hmm. And when a girl doesn't learn that word, she has this strange feeling of shame. Something shame. Exactly. Mm-hmm. There was a woman who just two weeks ago who came to the intro and she said, you know, because there was no language for my genitals, I felt ashamed of my body. I felt ashamed of being a woman. I felt the shame just crept into every cell of my being and I never I thought it was me. And uh, so there are big consequences to that. What happens is, um, you know, the issue behind this is we need to apprehend and reclaim our power seat and our life force. We have to turn our lights back on. We have to access our inherent radiance, our sensual brilliance, our emotional truth. We have to plug into our feminine power. Because and we have to reclaim the word, because just like Jesus said, in the beginning, there was the word. When there's no word, there's no beginning. And there's, you know, for as much progress as, as we've made, women are still stuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm curious about the word, because, you know, words on one hand, are just so insufficient for the truths that we experience. Um, mm-hmm. And at the same time, they hold so much power. And you mm-hmm. have a, you kind of go through a bunch of words here, and it all makes sense. There's vagina, which is the most obvious equivalent, right, to penis. And It's not actually. It's not okay. actually. It would be like calling penis a scrotum. Like imagine if you had a little boy and you pointed to his penis and you said, oh, darling, that's your scrotum, because... Vagina isn't visible to the naked eye. Only your gynecologist gets to see your vagina. Vagina, the Latin word means sheath, meaning the thing that the sword goes into, right? So the exterior, the exterior genitalia is the vulva. And of course I called it, could have called the vulva, but there's something that happens to a woman when she says the word pussy, which is she feels like a badass. She yeah. feels like she's being a bit outrageous. She feels the inherent reclamation that's taking place. She knows it's outside the cultural conditioning because we live in a culture that basically hates pussies and devalues the feminine. And what happens is when she says that word, she smiles. And I started to notice that 20 years ago, and I thought, well, we got to say pussy then. Uh, is anatomically correct. But pussy is the word that gives the woman a sense of that energetic fun mm-hmm. of being plugged into herself as a woman. Although, you know, I have a daughter and we didn't use the word pussy before until she was about, you know, 15. And then she got to be whatever. She would say pussy to me just to torment me. <laughs> I mean, like, is that what I tell my kids? Know it as vagina. I have a nine and a seven-year-old. Am I telling them? Oh, you gotta fix that. You gotta fix that. Do right, I? Like, I mean, today. like, the book was hanging around, and my husband was like, "Yeah." He's like, "What's this book? What if Ian reads it?" You know, my son's just starting yeah. to read. I'm like, I didn't even think about that. You know. Yeah. So, but you're saying yeah. this is important, Regina. You're saying 
to bring this word in, to bring pussy in early? Yeah, I mean, I, my daughter knew she had a vulva. Okay, when she was five years old and she went to kindergarten, we called it vulva at home because the vulva is the exterior genitalia. It's the outer lips, the inner lips, the clitoris, and then the vestibule, the vaginal opening. So everything that you can see, like a little girl can see of herself, that is her vulva. So I, I sent her to kindergarten and she came back a couple weeks later calling it a vagina. And I was like, what's going on there? Kindergarten. What's going on? So I like took myself into her kindergarten room and I said, excuse me, you even know who I am. I am Mama Gina. Oh we need to sit down and talk. You know, what was I doing? God. But what happened was I had a very frank discussion with my daughter's kindergarten teacher who, uh, and she said to me, you know, this is a very good point. And I wanted to actually hand out an article that I had that was written by Dr. Harriet Lerner describing how our culture performs linguistic clitoridectomies on little girls by not giving them the language mm-hmm. for that their bodies. Um, but she said, no, but I, I was permitted to do a workshop on sexuality and the primary school child. So I did that instead and told and taught everybody how to say the word vulva. Right. Yeah. Constant. There's, there's always, you know, it's, uh, we live in a world that is, doesn't, stand for who and what a woman is. So it mm-hmm. requires con- constant and continual standing for the values of the feminine. And it's difficult because women don't even know what the values of the feminine are because we're all brought up inside of a patriarchy, which is encourages us to uh, live our lives by masculine values. Like, you know, work really hard, mm-hmm. man up, win at all costs, profit is the goal, don't feel, be logical, go it alone. You know, those are the patriarchal values, and, and the values of the feminine are things like intuition or community, connectedness, mm-hmm. um, that sense of spirit, sacredness in everything, mm-hmm. uh, or the interconnectedness of all of us, or full emotional range and feeling and surrender. Mm-hmm. And receiving and connecting to your sensual fire uh, and your erotic nature. Those are all feminine values. So we have to teach our, we're first there to teach ourselves and then we teach our girls, you know. Yeah, and I, I really appreciated that in the beginning of the book where you made that distinction about, you know, we're not necessarily talking about men and women, we're talking about the masculine and the feminine, how they've been playing out and how they are playing out. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to make that because I think, you know, men need to integrate this feminine as well. So it's oh, great totally. to do that. Totally. And, yeah. you know, it's really only the last 5,000 years that pussy's been dismissed and disparaged, but... Like, let's say you and I got in, like, a little time-traveling capsule, mm-hmm. and, we, and we went back, like, 30,000 years ago, and let's say we landed in ancient Egypt right around crop planting time. Uh, what would happen is men of the community, you know, everybody plants the seeds for the wheat, and then after the seeds are all planted, the women circle the field, and they would actually raise their skirts, flash their pussies at the field, 
and say, may the crops grow as high as my pussy. Because they understood that the life-giving powers of woman are profound and that we are healers and we have this connection to the divine that men don't have simply because we can create life. So, uh, the, you know, the women were considered source and the feminine was considered source and holy. Uh, in fact, there, there was a lot of worship that happened inside underground caves that were designed as vulvas, like the entrance, entrance to the mm-hmm. cave. And if a, yeah. if, if a child was sick, it was passed through the vulva of the cave and into an inner chamber, which is like a womb, and then passed back out again, thinking that it was, was being reborn, that mm-hmm. life force, you know, it was, it was a form of prayer. So it's just cool that to learn about all these amazing ways in which the feminine was, was celebrated and is no longer. Well, I think I've always thought of it in terms of, the masculine born out of the feminine, someone's got to be the mother mm-hmm. and, and there's a dependency on it. You know, there's a mm-hmm. dependency on it in terms of like the child to the mother that turns sexual and it becomes confusing and yet they're separate things and yet they're connected. And so that's where the kind of violence begins in that mm-hmm. the masculine desperately wants to be not interdependent and not connected wants to be an independent which is a great strength of the masculine but the Mm -hmm. the recognition of the tie and that interdependence if the masculine is not fully integrated creates a violence and creates you know a reactivity that we're seeing play out right now and it's just completely yeah i I mean you can see when uh the feminine withdraws violence flourishes oh Yeah. I mean, the yearning is so great. The yearning is so great for the feminine, for Mm -hmm. both men Mm -hmm. and women, you know? Yeah, exactly. 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 So one of the things that you address in your book, and I'm so thankful for because I'm, you know, in my adult life coming to understand this myself, is that the amount of abuse, primarily sexual, but abuse in general, but the amount of sexual abuse that people, I can't even believe how many people I know that have been sexually abused. And, you yeah. know, it's not everybody. I have not had that. I mean, I guess I've had it in one way or another. I've been, you know, I live in a misogynistic culture in many ways, you know, many ways I've experienced. Mm-hmm. But it's staggering. And the result, as you point out, is a disembodiment. And I think mm-hmm. collectively the feminine has checked out. Yeah. And your work is about intimacy. So, Tell me about how this work is directly helping those who have, you know, experienced abuse. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll always, um, I have so many women. I, the stats right now are shocking. It's uh, 51% of all pregnancies are unplanned. There's 130 million women who've experienced female genital mutilation. We live in a rape culture where a woman is raped every 107 seconds. There's a one in three women have experienced a rape or some kind of sexual attack. Mm. Uh, it's, uh, it's so it's it's there's no woman who has not experienced some kind of abuse or a devaluation of her feminine 
and uh, it's something that in my School of Womanly Arts Mastery Program, we absolutely address because it's key for a woman to uh, apprehend and reclaim her power seat and her life force. Mm-hmm. And it can only happen woman to woman. It's not something a man can give you. It's, it's sister to sister. And we need to turn our lights back on and access our inherent radiance and our emotional truth and our sensual brilliance. We have to plug in to that feminine power, not only to reclaim ourselves and stand in a new way in the world, mm-hmm. but to, you know, to impact the men in our lives and to begin to be able to teach them our value. Like first we have to feel the value before we can educate our guys. So it's, um, it's, it's a tricky problem, but we can do this in our lifetimes. It's not going to take generations because once a woman is in an environment where she can truly grieve and, uh, you know, just own every drop of the darkness that's not only happened to her in her lifetime, but that she's inherited from her mothers and her grandmothers and all the generations of women who experienced abuse, who could not stop it, who could do nothing about it. Uh, Once that reclamation happens, it turns into jet fuel Mm -hmm. that takes a woman further and faster than she could have ever gone. But it won't happen until she feels every drop of it. And that has to occur inside of sisterhood. And we have uh, something that we do that I talk about in the book, and I do live uh, in the mastery room, which is called Swamping, where a woman learns how to play all 88 keys of her piano, of her emotional range, from her darkness to her light. And most of us were never, ever, ever given permission to do that. It's, it, it was interesting to see on the news recently where so many women have come forward after the incident with uh, Donald Trump uh, uh, talking about grabbing a woman's pussy and they come forward and said, yeah, actually I was abused by him. You know, 20, 30 women have come forward. The same thing happened years ago with Bill Cosby uh, where women now, before we were silenced and now there's a little crack in the door and where women are willing to say, yes, this happened to me. I, I am safe enough to feel now. And then she has to have a safe container where we, she can just explode and explore the experience of that inside of her body uh, because then is when it transforms and, and she becomes just an unbelievable, unstoppable powerhouse. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you know, the body... I yeah. mean, there's just so much talk yeah. therapy out there. There's so yeah. much ooh, science proving this, that, and the other in terms yeah. of the brain functioning, yeah. which is all mm-hmm. very good. But to yeah. me, especially with women, the higher consciousness, or I don't know if it's higher, but there's mm-hmm. so much untapped, it feels higher, this yeah. in the body. Yep. It's all about the body. That is all of my work is about in teaching women to embody every drop yes. of themselves because we're, we're not accustomed to it. We're not accustomed to feeling the depth and breadth of every aspect of our emotion. And that's where our fire lives, our power lives, mm-hmm. our creativity, our passion. Mm-hmm. Just and, and, to, and we have to relearn how to do that mm-hmm. because 
mostly we've been taught to play like middle C on the, you know, 88 keys of the piano. You're supposed to be sugar and spice and everything nice. Yeah. When people say, how are you? You're supposed to say fine. You don't ever say like, I'm, I'm, I'm fucking devastated today. That would, that would be considered an inappropriate response if someone says, how are you? But sometimes we are. And for a woman to learn that she can trust her truth mm-hmm. of the depth and breadth of her emotions is, is just completely transformative. And, and learning how to move those emotions through her body and experience them and feel um, held inside of a container that she can handle everything that she is feeling. And it's her genius and the world depends on her ability to do that, the evolution of the world. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's so profound. Uh, you know, there was a point where I was in the entrepreneurial fire with emerging women and people were like, just trust. And I'm like, okay, I'm getting my feminine <laughs> on. Because the feminine is a learning curve for me, okay? It's just been a practice. And I'm like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust. It's all going to work out. And then... When it stopped being a concept and I actually took it into my body, mm-hmm. that was when I experienced trust, you know? Yeah. Like it doesn't, mm-hmm. it's not worth a dime unless I can get some effing relief. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, right and that on. comes through right the body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. You know who is a, a great teacher of mine in terms of my learning to embody this, uh, range of my emotional experiences. Have, have you ever heard of Sheila Kelly who started S-Factor? Oh my gosh. Uh, I ha- someone sent me her way. Yeah, I've been to her website. Oh, That's the dance, the sensual dance. Yeah. Right? She yeah. does this. Uh, she, it, she was known originally for pole dancing. Yeah. Yes. But, uh, but the, like the length and breadth of her work is really giving women a playground to express through dance and movement their full hardcore emotional range mm. and it's super fun. And, um, it just, you can begin to learn to unwind into that way that that woman's body wants to move. Mm. Uh, she, she comes and she speaks at mastery. I have a few uh, guest powerhouses who do that. Okay. Um, but there's lots of, uh, you know, lots of other great people doing lots of other great movement stuff. But that, that a woman's body wants to move every day and feel every drop of what it means to be alive from the darkest darkness to the brightest light. In fact, the degree to which you can own your darkness is the degree to which you can own your light. It mm. goes hand in hand. Talk to me about the connection between our personal voice Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we are about leadership and pussy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, right now, uh, women are, I, I think, you know, just reading the headlines, uh, looking at all the reports, like women are, there's a crisis of confidence amongst yeah. women. Yes. Where a woman isn't stepping forward. She isn't standing inside of her truth. And I think that solution for the epidemic of powerlessness among women 
mm-hmm. which not, neither great success or higher education is able to solve, is very simple. She has to reconnect to her pussy because just as pussy is the source of all human life, She's the source of each woman's connection to her own life force, her own voice, her own sense of internal power. When a woman turns on her pussy, she's actually turning on her life force and connecting to her divinity. And it makes sense. Uh, there's an author, um, Natalie Angier, who I love, and she has this uh, beautiful book where uh, she describes, um, she, it's called Woman. Wonderful book. And she says, no, it's called Woman and Intimate Geography. And she says that your clitoris is actually a proper little brain. Mm. And what happens is your clit gathers information from your conscious, your unconscious, your hypothalamus, your neocortex, and your peripheral nervous system. So this mini brain tracks it all on your behalf without you even knowing it. She has the ability to sense, to discern, to intuit. Your ego might be fooled, but not your pussy. She can feel the truth behind the truth. She's like your own built-in psychic, your own inner guide, your divining rod. You don't need to call like a 1-800 psychic or an angel whisperer or another astrologer. Your pussy is all of that and more. She can assist you in discerning your next wife or your next outrageous adventure or your next love or your next passion. When you're piped into your higher power, which I call the great pussy in the sky, you know, <laughs> some people, um, it, you can move with a sense of confidence in the world because she knows you so well. She spends all of her time with her attention on you. Whether you're, When you're listening to her, you don't park your car in that deserted parking lot late at night because, you know, it scares her. So she's like, don't do that. Or, or, you might, if you listen to her, you might give that kind of awkward guy a second date because something about him pleases your pussy. Uh, or, or maybe you'll turn down a job, you know, because it's in a fluorescent lit cube farm, even though it looks good on your resume, but your pussy is screaming, no, 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 don't do that. Take the job at Starbucks and write the book you need to write. You know, like eventually... Uh, you, what happens is the more you listen to your pussy and trust her, the more she'll communicate with you. And then you're not relying on anyone outside of yourself. Mm. You yeah. are trusting your own inner guidance more and more and more. And that's mm-hmm. what brings enlightenment both to you and everyone who knows you and loves you. Mm. What about the heart and how are the two differentiated? Because that's also a source, right, of we're talking about the feminine and intuition. and But you make a distinction, which I see, I do. but I'd like to hear. Yeah, I, I think that um, the heart is great, but it's not as expansive and inclusive of as many dimensions of attention. You know, yeah. like, um, uh, you, you know, you can be, let's say... Um, one of my students said, uh, somebody, she was, lives alone in the woods, and somebody knocked on her door and uh, said that they needed to use her phone. And her heart said, oh, poor person. They have a flat tire. They need to use my phone. But her pussy said, do not open that door, baby. Do not open that door. You know, so it's uh, similar but different. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like another layer of uh, information that wants to come. Well, and yeah, it feels, and I think so, so both are valuable. Yeah, of course. But what I thought was refreshing in the distinction mm-hmm. was that we sometimes see turn on as a distraction or an extra or a nice to have where the heart just feels so essential to the human experience. Mm -hmm. And yet when we're talking about power and leadership, and once again, I'm going to say, of course we need the heart, but there's, you know, the turn on and what you talk, the rapture, which is not exactly the space of the heart has so much Mm -hmm. power in it. Well, think about it. You're kind of like using, um, it's the place where the human and the divine hold hands is with your sensual, sexual energy, because mm-hmm. that is how life is created. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're, you're tapping into your divinity when you're connecting with your pussy, and you're excluding your divinity when you're just connecting with your heart. It's not the same. Hmm. Wow. So it's just, you know, it's like something to experiment with. And when women come and take my class, they're like, I never, ever listen to my pussy. I I always do what, you know, my parents told me to do or what my husband told me to do or what my boss told me to do or my kids expect me to do. I don't ever listen to my truth. And, and that woman is probably operating from her heart because mm. she loves her parents and she loves her husband. She loves her kids. Well, but when she begins to tap into that pussy energy, she begins to, which you, by the way, you cannot do unless you are um, paying attention to your pleasure. You know, because when we pay attention to our heart, we can very often give too much, which is something that women always say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or say, oh, I, I'm always giving too much. I'm, I'm always, you know spending too much time or attention listening to my friend's sob story instead of going out myself or number one is to pay attention to your pleasure as a core value because we've been taught to ignore our pleasure. Yeah. And, uh, and what happens is when a woman uh, begins to pay attention to her pleasure, which is really hard, by the way, because it's so easy to live a miserable life or a victimized life or a mediocre life. You ignore your own pleasure and you take care of everyone else Mm -hmm. and work really hard and you will definitely have a miserable life. And that leaves us stressed and overworked and burned out and resentful. And when woman is stressed, her body is producing stress hormones like cortisol and too much cortisol, and a woman's going to experience depression and irritation and sadness and loneliness and anger, and it creates inflation, inflammation in the body, mm-hmm. which we all know now contributes to so many diseases. But when a woman has a pleasurable experience, which could be an orgasm, or it could be that she's dancing like a wild thing to the oldies, or it could be a, a, a hot shower with bath gel or a walk. Um, in the woods, uh, she's, 
she's flooding her body with nitric oxide, which turns on neurotransmitters like beta-endorphin and prolactin. And now she's creating health in her body. And her light is back on. And she's turned on and she's tuned into her power rather than her deficits. And that is a really challenging and difficult learning curve for a woman because when we are um, suffering from stress or overwork, the last thing you want to do is reach for pleasure. In fact, you can get quite hostile if someone says, you need to really take a break. You're like, no, I don't. I need to work more. But it's actually the time to turn the page and put some attention on you. And and that requires discipline. A a really pleasured life requires discipline. Yeah, I love the uh, the term that you use, pussification. You need a dictionary, by the way. We need the Mama Gina dictionary. That needs to be its own book. Um, (laughs) I've never. I mean, you're just like the words. They're perfect. But give us some practices because it's you know we're going from you know, dissociative through shame. And, you know, there's a lot of work here and it can't in the snap of a finger is a a warm bath doesn't seem to be just what's going to take us there. Are there, you have, your book is full of practices. Yeah. Um, If you could recommend the top two or the, even the top one or the top three, what would you, what would you recommend? I think that, uh, I I have three really good ones for you. Okay, good. Um, uh, I think when, if you want to break that cycle um, of uh, you know stress, overwork, and turn on to pleasure, and turn on to your uh, you know kind of plug into your pussy, you have to be willing to be stupid. Mm. Uh, and what I mean by that is, um, all right. Yesterday. I had to go, I live in New York City, and my offices are in Harlem, but I wanted to take a spin class down in the village so that we're looking at a good 40-minute subway ride because I I love this teacher. So I'm thinking to myself, 40 minutes on the subway, oh, I'm running a little late. How am I going to make this pleasurable? So that's part one is have a thought how to make this pleasurable. And number two was I got to be stupid. I'm going to have to be stupid. So I put in my headphones and I started to stand on the platform and dance. I just, I like oh seriously was just jamming out. I was like, boogieing like a, like a crazy person. And uh-huh. but I, it's like New York City, you can get away with anything. Yeah. And what do I care? I don't know these people. I'm never going to see them again, but I can guarantee my good time. So I boogied for 40 minutes all the way downtown and I made it on time for class, and I risked looking stupid. So that's what I mean. It's like being willing to pipe into your pleasure. Or being stupid might be something like my little neighbor, Henry. He's two years old. And whenever he has a temper tantrum, he throws himself on the floor in our lobby of the building, and he will not get up, and he kicks his little feeties. And I was so frustrated last week at the end of a work day but I decided to have a temper tantrum. So I threw myself on the floor at the office and kicked my little feeties, and I felt a lot better. So uh, that that would be stupid. So be stupid is number one. Number two, be sexy. Mm. Even when 
you are late, there's no dinner on the, anywhere near the table, and you're rushing home, and your kids are whining, and your husband's losing his mind, and you have deadlines at work, you can still be sexy. Yeah. And so how do you be sexy in a microsecond? Um, I use Laura Mercier lip gloss of a flavor called Bellini. And just if I like put a little Bellini on, I feel better. Um, it could be, you know, it could be that you wear something that makes your body feel good, like throw on, um, instead of just your sweats, a little off the shoulder something or throw on a pair of heels, something that brings out your sensuality because as soon as a woman is plugged into her sensuality, she's plugged into her sanity. Yeah. And then number, number three, soulful, meaning feed your soul in some way that serves you, elevates you. That might be um, meditating, taking a yoga class. It could be walking in nature. It might be lighting a candle and saying a prayer. It's connecting to your divine feminine. Those three little practices can completely change your chemistry. So it's be stupid, be sexy, and be soulful. And bum, you will turn on all the neurotransmitters, all the beta endorphin you can possibly want, all the, you know, just you will change your chemistry. And that's what all of us want to know is that we don't have to be victimized by living in a patriarchal culture that denigrates and disparages women we can create the solutions with this divine, magnificent body woman when we plug into our pussies. Oh, God, it's so good. Regina, thank you so much. Uh, you're changing the world one pussy at a time. <laughs> <laughs> no, you thank really you. are. The work is deep. And just give us a few highlights here. You have an intro I just found out, everybody, just few minutes before on the call she's got a two-day um workshop that's free and you do these how often throughout the year there it's your intro I, I do it only twice a year and actually the one in november uh, which is november 12th and 13th is sold out okay but n no problem because we have one coming up in january Okay. And it's wow. January 21st and 22nd. Okay. So you can, you know, if you don't live in New York City, you just jump on a plane on the 20th and find some really cool place to stay and then come to the workshop all day Saturday, all day Sunday, and ding, 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 you can find home Sunday night. And it, you will be utterly changed and mm. connected to yourself in a way that you cannot even imagine. These, uh, it's called the Womanly Arts Experience. Check out my website, which um, it's www.mamaginas.com. Yeah, this will all be in the uh, in the notes, in the podcast notes. Okay. So all we'll right, have cool. all of this. And then you have a master's program. So once you take the two-day workshop, you can move on to? You can take the School of Women in the Arts Mastery Program, which is our deep dive. It's the content in the book, Pussy, a Reclamation, is based on the mastery program. So it's a wonderful. a wonderful way to ramp up and get ready to reclaim every cell of your feminine and own your power in the unimaginable way. It's wonderful. Well, I hope to see some of you sisters there because I will be, I'll be there in November and I will be there in the mastery program when it comes through. So 
Thanks again, Great. Regina. You are a pearl beyond price. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Chantal. I love you so much. And thank you for this incredible opportunity. Uh, it was beautiful, beautiful to talk to you. And I love the work you do. So keep on, lady. Yay. Okay, take care. Thank you.